Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the world of sports. We talk about everything that's going on, how to protect ourselves, how the athletes are protecting ourselves, and how the um, pro sports and collegiate sports are handling uh, the effects of the coronavirus in regards to the fans and as well as their athletes. And we also talk about the NBA. We talk about the comparison of John Morant as, against Zion Williamson, who is going to be the rookie of the year, as well as who is going to make it into the NBA playoffs in both the Western and Eastern Conference. My co-host, Adrian Catwell, join me out for some guys talking sports and that begins right now welcome to another edition of guys talking sports appreciate all the love and support well, we're gonna get right into it i got my co-host ace catwell with me how you doing ace what's going on man man it's, it's thursday week just flew by um, I guess we got a lot to talk about, and uh, let's just, just jump right into it. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Of course, our other co-host, Smooth, couldn't be with us. He's on special assignment, um, probably covering all the Rutgers basketball games and how they're uh, going to make it into the NCAA tournament. Exactly. So we're going to try and hear more about that as he returns. But for right now, let's get right into it. We got a lot to talk about. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, as my man Ace just said um, earlier, and that is about, of course, the coronavirus. With everything that's going on with coronavirus and it's spreading, there's a lot of concern of people out there um, for their health reasons, and rightfully so. Um, and it affects the world of sports, too. Um, with so much going on, and there's a lot of contact as well. Um, people are being careful. Athletes are being careful, um, especially what's going on in the NCAAs. There's some rules that are now being placed um, to, to protect athletes as far as the coronavirus, as well as other sports out there doing the same, or at least um, are in talks of doing the same. So, Ace, let's, let me ask you this question. What are your thoughts on this? And, you know, do you think that the NCAA and all these other sports um, – pro sports, professional sports, and sports in general, um, are they handling it the right way as in regards to the coronavirus? Uh, for right now, yes. Um, I know when you talk about college basketball, I believe there was Chicago State or a team in Chicago who canceled a West Coast trip out to Portland um, due to the fears of coronavirus, especially out in uh, Washington State with everything that's going on out there. Um... You know, it's a very sad and unfortunate situation, especially for those who are passing away uh, from this virus. Um, I do not, I am not mad at those schools who take the extra step or, you know, the precautionary measures to ensure that their student athletes are, are you know, are being taken care of and not putting in harm's way. Because um, that is, you know, their primary number one to make sure that those student athletes, student athletes stay safe. And I, I do applaud what the NBA, Major League Baseball is going, you know, what they're doing right now. Um, but I'm hopeful that with the CDC and everybody else that they can come up and, uh, a, a, you know, a, a cure or, or uh something to help uh, alleviate the situation is a long ways away, but just the precautionary measures that are being taken place as far as this trying to limit the interaction between the athlete and the fan 
and just try to keep it so that what goes on on the court or the, the field of play is uh, centralized so that they can go ahead, do what they need to do, and get out of Dodge and uh, uh, avoid any sort of potential uh, contraction of this uh, coronavirus. So crazy thing about it is, you know, as the United States learns more and how everything is kind of uh, happening, so to speak, because it seems like we were the last big country to really start to take this hit. I hope that with all of the smart people that's out there right now, that we can take the, the right steps to kind of prevent mass spreading and try to isolate these incidents so that we can go ahead and live normal lives, especially when it comes to the world of sports, because, you know, the, the everyday you and me, those out there on YouTube, you know, we look at sports as our virtual entertainment, and we would hate for something like this to really take that away from us. But, you know, you also got to be prepared to say what's more important, being entertained or just making sure everybody's safe. So I hope that we can take the necessary steps and the measures to ensure that we can quarantine and make sure that our athletes are good so that we can continue to receive our entertainment like we normally would and not have to worry so much. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I believe that, you know, the player self is more important at this point than our entertainment purposes, bottom line. And the last thing you want is someone to get caught into something like that. And rightfully so, that's why a lot of people are worried because it is right now a, a panic right now, which, and it is rightfully so a panic because the last thing people want to do is they worry about their health. And, you know, it's no different from, not saying there is a comparison, but if teams or players don't play because of their, they're sick or have the flu, for example, this is no different. And they just want to protect the athletes so that, they, like you said, they can continue to, to, to play basketball, play sports, play anything at this point um, for entertainment purposes. And I think that, I believe actually that there was an actual game where they banned the fans from coming. Um, oh, wow. I think it's over in the UK um, somewhere, but I believe they banned the fans and just had the, the athletes just play in a, a banned arena um, for entertainment purposes. Because at this stage, they where I think in UK is a little bit worse off than what it is here in the US. And right. I believe that at that stage, they were just like, it's too much of a risk involved. So I get it, I understand it. Um, eventually, hopefully that, it doesn't trickle down all the way to that level here in the U.S., but, you know, we have to also understand that, you know, the player's health is more important than what we, you know, find is watching, playing, watching them play sports. So I think it's very, very important that we have know that going forward. So, like, there's going to be times where people may complain, like, and you talk about, this whole thing about the resting um, thing where athletes are resting because, you know, they want to, I, I know that fans complain about every little thing, but something like this is a lot more important than just, and I think more people have that sympathy to know that this is more important because the way things are going right now, it needs to be handled and handled carefully because mm -hmm. you don't want to be reckless with it, especially with something like this going on. I agree, I agree.
You know, they want to make sure ensure that they're uh, whether it be collegiate or a pro, make you know, want to make sure they're in the best uh, situation possible mm-hmm. to ensure that their health and their safety is taken into consideration. So, I mean, I'm not mad if the NCAA's decide. You know, I know March Madness is like the the cash cow for the NCAA around this time. But, yo, everybody got cable TV for the most part. You know, if you want to go to your local pub or your local bar to sit there and watch the game, you know, put the onus on those establishments to sit there and say, you know, how they want things to be handled. But sit there and watch the game on TV. You know, it sucks to be in a quiet arena, but (laughs) you still watch the game. Yeah, (laughs) And you get to hear certain nuances that you typically wouldn't hear if there's fans and everything screaming, you get to actually hear the cussing and everybody, you know, carrying on uh, <laughs> on the court because everything's so amplified. Definitely, definitely. To be honest, <laughs> it'd be much more interesting to see how that would go. Exactly. Um, so, but I also, I mean, because they, like you said, there's going to be teams, especially from the the states that were infected. Um, there's going to be some teams out there that may make, you know, that will probably make the NCAA tournament. And the question is now, how are you going to handle those teams going forward? Because if one, let's, I mean, God forbid something happens where one person or, you know, how are they going to handle that? And I think the NCAA, to be honest, kudos for those professional sports and collegiate sports for at least being proactive and wearing it more of a risk factor than anything else, Um, just to be on the safe side. Because there's probably, you would call it, like companies out there um, in sports or any other companies that wouldn't even think about that um, of a risk factor and just would more could be concerned about the money aspect of it. And you have to give them credit where credit is due because they're starting to think about the athletes first. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I hope, you know, I'm not mad if baseball is played in empty stadiums and you just sit there and watch it on TV. I'm, I'm not mad at any of those things, you know. Just so that there's some sort of normalcy. Yeah. You know, because uh, it's getting real. You know, mm-hmm. it's cases in New York, case, you know, a couple cases now in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Maryland doesn't have any at the moment, but that can change any day. You know, so it's like we're fortunate that we have low numbers, if, you know, unlike the West Coast where they're a little bit further they have uh, more difficult situations than we do. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely like, <laughs> yeah, work. And you hear a little, you hear a little sniffle, you hear a little cough, and you're looking at the next person a little crazy, like, uh, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> <laughs> You might want to go home with that crap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's funny that you mentioned that because my coworker was saying the same thing. It was like, nah, I have to look at everybody sneezing, coughing. It could be a, um, and you, people be looking like, you know, turning to look real like, Yo, you okay? Right. So <laughs> I had the flu last week. And that, the flu is no joke. So I can only imagine what it'd be like if you actually got coronavirus and that junk just don't go away yeah you know yeah. so 
Yeah, and, that's, and, and companies now like saying, hey, if you feel like you're sick, you know, just leave. Like, you know, right. <laughs> like, don't even like, you know, just let your manager know that you're leaving. And so I can imagine. And I think don't like right now, when you think about it, the only the only sport right now that would probably be a high risk would be football at this stage because there's a lot of contact. Right. So, like, I think you with like the NBA, Major League Baseball, like you can probably get away with certain things, um, maybe change some things around. Um, but for the most part, with football, that's straight contact. So whatever you do is going to be careful. So I'm very curious to see how the NFL handles this. If, you know, to be honest, not even the NFL. I'm wondering how the XFL is, is, mm-hmm. is on the jump right now because they're playing right now. Right. So I'm wondering how they are treating this. And to be honest, I haven't heard anything from the XFL in that regard. And so, you know they got a squad up in Seattle. Exactly. Washington State. So I wonder how they're kind of uh, controlling that situation. Yeah, I'm very curious to see, hear from them to see exactly what it is that they're doing. Um and how they're handling this because they're gonna they have to have some type of contingency plan. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, they, they better find someone or find a plan to do it as quickly as possible. Because at least with the NCAA and um, uh, Major League Baseball, there's some contingency plans already be in place because they already reported it. So mm-hmm. other professional sports have to be careful and at least come up with something where at least they at least they shows that they're willing to invest in their players and say, you know what, we want to make sure that they're healthy and we want to make sure that you're know, they're taken care of first. Right, right. I agree. I agree. So uh as the country learns about this daily, mm-hmm. and I hope that the NCAA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, golf, yes. you know, since golf right now, they're all over the world because in the Europe and different places is where they're playing their, their pro matches right now until it gets uh, warmer in the U.S. Um, you know, football, WNBA is about to start sparking up, you know, so I'm sure they're sitting there and they're concerned. Again, I would not be mad if a league, if, if you know, it's crazy. I'm not here to freak anybody out, but... <laughs> As I've gotten older, I started watching more MSNBC. Okay. You know, or CNN. I refuse to, <laughs> to watch Fox News. But <laughs> Rach, I don't know who watches the Rachel Maddow show, but she had a gentleman on there who was a columnist. But he, you know, kind of was uh, a key guy when you talk about infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. And he kind of mentioned the, the plague of, 1918-1919 and something similar coronavirus because you know this is not the first coronavirus is you know that's been out there mm-hmm. but back in 1918 there was a coronavirus that that spread into uh, 1919 that spread out that killed a third of the world um difference is there was no transatlantic type of uh, travel but it still killed off a third of the world <laughs> And it was crazy because he said that similar to how it's happening right now because it's the cold weather, January, you know, December, January, February, March, and then it's going to die down 
come April, May, June, July, in the summer months, because nobody gets cold in the summer months. But he said it was three times as bad once the fall and the winter came back around in 1918 because it started knocking people off left and right because the virus never disappeared. Wow. It just laid dormant. So I'm curious because nobody really gets a cold in when it's spring and summer. Mm-hmm. The only way you get a cold is if you're laying up underneath the air conditioner or something like that. And even then, that's not saying it's coronavirus. So I'm hopeful that the CDC and those who are doing their thing don't rest on their laurels and think because the numbers are coming down because it's warm outside that ain't shit going to pop off. <laughs> you know, I just wanted, I just want a person to come out there and say, hey, it's during the winter, during the summer months that y'all got to be really diligent and really out there trying to find something. So hopefully by the, you know, when it's September, October, when the flu starts coming back around, maybe that vaccine that you thought you would have in 2021 might be available in September, October to kind of combat what the hell's going you know, what's happening. And I'm, I do apologize for kind of going off on the left because that's not sports, but I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> no, no, but no, you, you're completely fine. And what's crazy about it is because I just, it just dawned on me that the Olympics is coming up this year as well in Tokyo. Yep. So they're going to have to figure out something because I, if they don't, I don't see a lot of athletes from all over the countries going to want to go there to host the Olympics and can be concerned about whatever it is that's going on is still there. If the coronavirus is still popping off, like you said, during the summertime, that's going to be a problem. And because that means that the Olympics going to may have to have a contingency. To be honest, everybody needs to have a contingency plan just in case. Um, Especially when you're dealing with athletes and pro athletes out there and collegiate athletes as well, because there has to be something in place. And it's funny because, um, like companies right now, they don't have that type of continuity plan or contingency plan. And it's very important to have something like that just in case something like this goes off. Because like you said, if you don't have a plan in place, then everything is just going to fall by the wayside. So exactly. um, I hope the Olympics find something or have a backup plan just in case, because I really don't see a lot of athletes going to be okay or too thrilled we're having it in Tokyo if Tokyo hasn't resolved this coronavirus issue as well. I've been reading that they might postpone it. Oh, the Olympics? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Personally, I, I look, cancel that. I'll be canceling. You know what I'm saying? And if, if, push, if push comes to shove, if you need to go back where it was, the summer and the winter is done in the same year, so be it. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the Winter Olympics would be, what, uh, 2022? I believe, yeah. yeah. So if you need to ensure that this is wiped out, taken care of, and take off 20 and take off 21, and just have a super-duper Olympics in, in 2022, so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I really don't understand why they don't – like you said, I don't understand why it's not combined to begin with. But I guess they were just saying it was just too much sports overload, so they try to break it up where the summer – and then in the winter, but I'm like, in this scenario? Okay, you might have to just, yeah, you might have to eat that. Right, <laughs> Bottom just line. The bullet and just go ahead and just do it that way. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, hopefully, like you said, ho- hopefully down the road, um, they have this contained um, enough to the point where 
everybody is okay and right. we get back to living because until then everybody's still in panic mode and just in preparation. Um, never seen so many things fly off the shelves in stores now because <laughs> right. of this. So, <laughs> so um, hopefully it gets contained to the point where everybody's back and doing the things that they're doing, going back to their normal habits, I should say. Right. So, but let's continue on um, real quick. So let's talk about a little bit of the NBA that's going on. Um, there's a lot of comparison right now in regards to the difference between two rookies right now who we can honestly say are in prime, tar prime, in prime, two of the top rookies out there in the NBA right now who are in consideration for the rookie of the year. And that, of course, is the number one pick, John, uh, number one pick, um, Zion Williamson, and of course, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much talk in mean, comparison as who should be rookie of the year. So um, I know that they played not too long ago against each other, but let's get your take, Ace, on who your thoughts are and are there anything, any, any rookies out there that you find um, could be a sleeper at this state? Because we already know, just like last year was Luca and Trey Young. Um, this year, of course, it looks like it's John Morant and Zion Williamson, two of the most popular rookies right now in the NBA. So let me get your thoughts on this comparison and who do you think right now, as it stands, um, currently should win rookie of the year? Uh, well, right now, I mean, if you had to go on the, the total body at work, it would be Ja. Um, but you had a Pelicans team that was just left for dead before Zion came on. And now that Zion is there, you got a team that's playing rejuvenated and acting like, you know, the next coming, you know, since sliced bread is there. And now they're playing with some sort of passion. And I don't know if they make the playoffs. They probably don't because it's just too – it is too deep at this particular point. And I'm not saying that John Morant isn't that dude because he came in and I was even skeptical, you know, I was skeptical about his play and – what he was going to bring to the NBA. And he's definitely proven me wrong. And I'm a fan. But when you really got to look at it and say, who brings more value to the team? I would have to say Zion because the Pelicans are playing a whole different style of basketball with Zion coming back versus Ja's been there the whole year. And, you know, he's playing he's playing some inspired ball. You know what I'm saying? He – the man is fearless. He is like – he is definitely Russell Westbrook 2.0 <laughs> where he just don't care. He's just going in there. He'll dunk – he'll try to dunk on you. I forget who he was trying to dunk on the other night. <laughs> and damn if it wasn't close if he wasn't called for offensive uh, foul <laughs> – offensive uh, interference. Or, or offensive foul, I should say. But, whoo, if he'd have threw that joint down, <laughs> foul or no foul, that was incredible. But when you look at it overall and just what Zion has done in the past, I don't even think he's played 20 games yet. But just the energy, the emotion, it's almost like the fan base is back in New Orleans. And it wouldn't shock me because Zion is hungry and his legs are fresh that Memphis, you know, because the Pelicans and Memphis are, I know Memphis has got the eight seed, 
And then the Pelicans was probably like four or five games back. It wouldn't shock me in the least if a hungry Pelicans team catches Memphis while slipping because they're tired. You know, Jai hasn't played this many games in one season. You know, and Zion is fresh. Legs feel good. His body feels good. And it come down to the last weekend, and New Orleans pulling it out just because you got a fresh Zion versus you got a, 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 tires, a, a tiring job where he may score 25 points or 13 shots. But now he's scoring that same 25, maybe on 18, 19 shots because he's not knocking them down. It's consistent. And it's taking things away from other teammates. So as far as the, the rookie of the year, um, if you got to go on the entire body of work, I would still think the job probably is a narrow win over Zion. But if you had to take it from a holistic standpoint and just look at the product, and what Ja's doing versus what Zion is doing, regardless of how many games are being played, then you might look to Zion. Um, okay. Um, let me say this. Um, I think Zion is going to be the future of the NBA without question. Mm-hmm. I think that as long as they build a, a good team around um, Zion Williamson, the, the Zion Williamson, the Pelicans are going to be, always be in the playoffs. With that being said, I agree with you. I think John Morant should win um, the Rookie of the Year. And I think that I would vote for John Morant, especially if the Memphis Grizzlies make it to the playoffs because nobody didn't have him in the playoffs to begin with. And I get it. Um, Zion, if Zion was healthy, then – and we, who knows? Maybe they would be far off than where they are. But I agree. They're five games away from Memphis at this stage. And – Without, to be honest, all jokes aside, even though Zion wasn't there, I think that Zion definitely has maybe a better cast of, of players than what Memphis has. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, that Memphis is playing surprisingly well. I don't think a lot of people had them in the top eight um, at this point. Um, to be honest, nobody really had Portland um, below them either out of the playoffs. But um, this is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe... I agree with you. As long as Memphis makes the play, if Memphis makes the playoffs, John Morant should win Rookie of the Year. Bottom line. Bottom line. Um, there shouldn't even be no question. Um, I really don't see any other rookies outside of that. Um, Memphis is too surprisingly where they are in the standings for them not to be. And you're right. John Morant is the second coming of Russell Westbrook. I mean, I know people don't like that comparison, but he plays with his heart on his cheek, on his sleeve, mm-hmm. and he'll continue to play hard every night. And I'm very curious to see what they do in Memphis and how they continue to build around them. But Memphis is a very good team, without question. They they killed um, Brooklyn the other night, um, rightfully so. Um, but I believe that right now John Morant is definitely my go-getter for Rookie of the Year as it stands right now. Now, if they fall off, then, of course, it's anybody's game. But as mm-hmm. long as Memphis stays in the bracket and makes the playoffs, then John Morant should easily win rookie of the year. I agree with you. I agree. You know, but if, for whatever reason, do you think if Memphis slips and New Orleans plays above potential and grabs the eighth spot probably in the last few games, is Josh still your MVP or is it Zion? 
Mm. To be honest, that would be a toss-up. Only reason why I say this is because when Zion was out, Brandon Ingram was the man in New Orleans, and he was playing well. So, um, and to be honest, he's continually playing well. So, um, I think that that kind of lessens, and just just my opinion, I think it kind of lessens Zion's um, impact on the team. Um, but I also believe that if John Morant's team, if they slip, I mean, there's no love loss because, to be honest, I don't think a lot of people or a lot of writers had them pegged out to be in the top eight to begin with. So even if they fall down and make not make the playoffs, John Morant still was there for, you know, majority of the year. And I agree that health is also a factor in it. I, I would probably still vote for John Morant overall, um, even though I may – it would be more of a head toss-up if – um, the Pelicans were to make the playoffs. But like I said, as of right now, I just don't see them making the playoffs with some with the Western being so top heavy at this right, stage. Right, right, right. Well I'll be curious to see. I, I think I don't know who I was listening to, but they said that they understand that the Pelicans got the uh, not the Pelicans, I'm sorry, the uh Memphis has the eighth spot, but they're like it would be so interesting to see Zion Pelicans make the eighth spot to take on, you know, the Lakers uh, in the first round. Because, <laughs> you know, it's all about the, the, the young up-and-comer that's going to be ultimately taking on the, uh, the NBA versus uh, the guy that's kind of fading out to obscurity, even though LeBron hasn't showed any signs of weakness or coming off and not playing up to his potential. But you just you know you know just how that how the whole thing goes. <laughs> I'm so tired, so so tired of hearing writers. All right, all right, okay. <clears throat> I was really going to do this. I was really just you know trying to have a, a meaningful conversation mm-hmm. and talk about sports. But I am so so tired of writers wishing that so many players or so many teams play against each other and one of them play the Lakers. For what? I mean, it's not that serious. Like, if the Pelicans don't make it, what, you're going to cry about it because you wanted them to play the Lakers? I mean, come on, get off of it. These writers or these people that voices their opinion about who they want to face in the first round, stop, stop, stop. Matter of fact, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Don't stop. Don't stop. I changed that. I changed that. That's your opinion. I respect that. But I rightfully disagree with that. Now, everybody wants to see a Lakers-Pelicans first-round matchup. If Memphis is there right now, then it should be a Memphis-Lakers first-round matchup. If you don't want to watch a Memphis-Lakers first-round matchup, that's on you. But I'm pretty sure that Memphis fans, Lakers fans, is going to watch regardless. But I'm pretty sure Memphis Grizzlies fans is going to want to watch the Memphis play the Lakers in the playoffs. They will prefer it than the Pelicans because at the end of the day, they're fans and they're the fans of the team that they want to play in the playoffs. Who cares about what you want? Because at the end of the day, that's not what they want. The fans want what they want. And people need to understand that. People are trying to promote politics behind the scenes because you want a Lakers 
a Pelicans because you want to see Zion and LeBron. Not everybody wants to see a Zion and LeBron playoff matchup, at least not right now. Because right now, the Pelicans are five games below the eighth seed. So there's a good chance they may not make the playoffs to begin with. So right. who cares about that? Focus on the eighth and ninth and tenth place teams and see if they can make it to the eighth spot, who makes the playoffs and who don't make the playoffs. At this stage, if it's a Memphis and Phoenix Suns team who makes the eighth place and plays the first round of the playoffs, so be it. Accept it. Accept it. Whatever teams that's out there that's playing in the first round, accept it. Maybe the numbers may not be great. Who cares? Fans want to see it. Phoenix right. fans will want to see it if they make the playoffs. And any other t- fans of the teams of the AFC, they're going to want to see it. They want to see the playoffs. They want to see their team make it. They want to see how their teams fare against the number one seed, no matter what. So continue doing your thing. I get it. I respectfully disagree with all these people saying that I prefer something. If whoever teams make the playoffs, their fans is going to root no matter what. That's how it should be. I agree. I agree. You know, if Zion is that dude and LeBron's considered, you know, LeBron just comes out next season and defies age and logic and all that good stuff, I don't see LeBron falling off for at least another two, three years. You know, especially as he has more co-stars and better players around him where he doesn't feel that he has to drop 35-40 every game in order to win. He can continue to score 23 to 28 points a game and facilitate the pebble and, you know, get those rebounds. And that's what I think will prolong him some extra minutes because he doesn't have to exert himself all the time. He doesn't have to be that dude in the paint. He could throw down to Anthony Davis, you know what I'm saying? He, he could do what he needs to do. That's why I think he still has two or three solid good years ahead of him. Um, with that being said, though, you know, if Zion doesn't make it this season, that's all right. He would have got a taste of the NBA, and he's going to be pissed. Because he's going to sit there and say, if I didn't miss those first 30 or 40 or 50 games, we might be in a different position right now. So he's going to train harder. He's going to work harder. And I'm not saying he's going to be the new AD of New Orleans, but I have a strange feeling that the GM now for New Orleans is going to put the pieces around Zion to make the entire team successful along with Zion. And they're going to do everything in their power to get that championship down in New Orleans. And if they get it, if they get that championship within the next three years, and it's possible because they got talent down there and they're young, (laughs) whereas some of these teams are pretty old. (laughs) You know, you can see Dame is starting to break down a little bit, just a little bit. You know, LeBron is already starting to break down, though he hasn't broke down at all this year. But Anthony Davis has had his fair share of injuries. Uh, Kawhi has been pretty much healthy, except for that one, you know, when he sat out and did whatever he did for damn near the entire year. And then you have his, his, his sidekick. can't think of his name right now. Paul George. Yes, he's been injured. You know, he had that gruesome leg injury. I'm not saying that he's declining, but, dude, I'm sure the arthritis is killing his ass. Unless he had a total knee replacement when he got all that stuff done. Um, Dallas got Luka. And if Cuban starts putting some pieces around Dallas, you know, it's, I can see where the Dallas is, the New Orleans, and Utah, because the teams are relatively young, start running the, start running the West. 
just because of what they have and what they got. So ultimately, I agree with you know everything that you said. I don't need a Zion LeBron first round playoffs to sit there and make me interested in the NBA. You know, if you don't make it, let that feed his fuel and make him even more hungry for next year. But if he does, I still think Lakers are sweet. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's not so much that I don't have the ability within New Orleans. It's just that you're dealing with somebody who's been there, Dan, every year except for one year in his damn professional career or two years. You know, maybe two or three years outside of the 18 years that he was there. So he knows the nuances. He knows the ins and outs. Even Anthony Davis, despite <laughs> not going anywhere near as far as what LeBron has been through, he was in the playoffs with the Pelicans, so it's not like he's oblivious to how this whole thing works. So just, just let it, you know, run its course. And then when next season comes around and he's still balling, then, you know, that's when he'll make that jump. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to talk no more about the Lakers because I'm, I'm not giving them that much airtime anymore. Um, <laughs> but with so many Western Conference teams out there, it's going to be tough. Um, it's definitely going to be tough. It's probably going to be one of the toughest Western Conference playoffs around. Um, I don't see no sweeps whatsoever in the Western Conference. Not, nope. at, not at all. So you think if, if New Orleans sneaks in there with their, you know, all right. Well, first off, I'm not going to talk about New Orleans. They're five games back. I'll talk about them when they make the win or if they okay. make that playoff. Okay. Let's talk, um, so right now it would be Lakers and Memphis. I could see Memphis easily getting at least one win. Okay. Question. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't see no sweeps in the Western Conference. Okay. I, I don't see it. One through eight, two through seven, three through six, four to five. I don't see no sweeps as it currently stands. Everybody's just solid. Everybody's just solid. They, they, they're they that solid. Now, Eastern Conference, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> Eastern Conference, I could definitely see a couple of sweeps there. I would not, I could, I would not put it past them. Top right. four teams right now is too, too deep right now. Too deep right now. Um, with the exception of maybe, I, I take that back. There's five teams right now that are too good. Milwaukee's in a league on their own right now at this <laughs> stage. Um, Giannis, to be honest, Giannis should win the MVP easily. Like, there shouldn't even be the, the way the record is right now with them. Giannis should win the, the MVP, by, hands down, without right. question. Like, any because any other vote for all right, I'll give LeBron his due. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give him his due. He, I see him second, second or third. But Giannis easily should be number one in the MVP vote. Hands that. Uh, that's pretty much all. I mean, like, Milwaukee, Toronto, Miami, Philly, Boston. Those are going to be the teams, five teams, I think, that's going to battle for the East. I agree. I agree. In Miami. You said Miami? Yeah. Yeah. I said, so, yeah, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Toronto, Philly. Hmm. And that's if Joel Embiid is healthy. If Joel Embiid is, health, is not healthy, then I don't put Philly up there. Okay, okay, okay. And do you have any? I don't know any Eastern other other Eastern Conference teams that are 
worthy of mentioning. Atlanta still ain't there yet. Um, yeah. Uh, Orlando ain't there yet. Uh, <laughs> you would think that Mike would have gotten things together in Charlotte, but you know, still not, still not there yet. <laughs> I'm to be honest. I wasn't really betting my hearts on Charlotte. I knew it was going to take a significant drop. If it wasn't for Devontae Graham, they would be worse, worse than where they are. Oh, wow. Terry, Terry Rozier hasn't done a thing. And to be honest, I think he's now coming off the bench. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not completely sure. But the thing is, is that I, real quick in the East, those top five teams right now are on a league of their own. They're, another, they're in that upper tier. With the mm-hmm. except, I may throw Indiana up there. It depends, but they're too inconsistent with how they play. So, if they got their act together, and once mm-hmm. Vince comes, I mean, Oladipo is back like fully healthy. Like right now, he's starting to get his legs under himself. So now that he's back, I'm very curious to see how they play going forward. But we'll see how that plays off. Well, we got a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, we do got a few weeks. Um, definitely got a few weeks. Um, side note: I just saw I just saw that Dion Dion Waiters got signed by the Lakers, so they added some more help there as well. That's why I had Jr. Jr. Smith and just get the whole gang back together. And that would be very interesting, though. <laughs> if they add both Dion Waiters and Jr. Smith, that would be very interesting. Get the band get get the band back. <laughs> yeah, but. But we can talk more about that um, next week. Um, before we go, is there anything else that I forgot to mention in regards to sports? No. Because I know it's been a slow day. <laughs> it's been a slow week. I mean, yeah, with there's the combine out there. And all that's been, you know, rehash and beat to death. So I don't see there's a need to sit there and give our two cents on who ran the fastest 40 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, football is just football. They're never ending, you know, ever ending soccer or whatever. Um, and basketball is basketball. Yeah. I mean, I know with March Madness, March Madness coming up um, is going to get a lot more, mm-hmm. more in that atmosphere. So I, I know that things are going to pick up in March as it usually does. So, right. Right. So. But we could continue talking about that on the next podcast <laughs> um, because we, I see that our time is just about up. So mm-hmm. without any further ado, let folks know where they can reach you at. You can find me on Twitter. That's CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch our other co-host, uh, Earl Ross. You could catch him on J.E. Ross the number seven as he usually would say it on Twitter and Instagram as well but we appreciate you guys checking us out you catch us on YouTube where we are streaming live of course Um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well appreciate all the love and support you can catch us on Instagram as well at guys talking sports where you catch some of our clips there and of course you can catch us as always on a podcast any podcast right now Um, Apple Google Spotify you name it any podcast that you uh, subscribe to and listen to we are there as well so we appreciate all the love and support out there and catch us next time on guys talk for sports where we continue to talk more about sports from a fan's perspective and we do as always we appreciate all the love and support so we like to say thank you catch us again next time god bless have a good night stay safe and be stay protected as well uh, use hand sanitizer wash your hands thoroughly 
20 seconds I heard on hot water will help. Um, and avoid contact as much as you can. So don't hug people. Just give them a high five in the air like that. So um, we could appreciate all the love support. Talk to you guys later. Till next time. Peace.